0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. Today's guest is someone who I have known digitally for a very long time, got to meet in person at Innovation 2020 in San Diego, iAlways IA event, and have seen blossom into an incredible content creator, addressing multiple channels, you know, written text, videos, podcasts, and doing it in a very dynamic and systematic way, a very professional way, a very thought out way, pretty much the opposite of the way that I do things. His name's Eric Garcia, and I just wanted to find out why he decided to take on content now. I was excited for him because he's doing a great job, and I love the way that his mind works. I got a little taste of it and innovation, and in this episode, you really get to dive in. You get to see... Uh, Talked to him a lot about process, his process in his agency, how he you know went from being a captive to an independent. Why you know he decided to move into PC because he's uh, his expertise is in financial planning and investments and, and financial advising and you know how his partnership works and what he sees his role is in the agency and then we do eventually get to content content marketing and all that kind of good stuff. This is an incredible episode with a great agency owner and you're absolutely going to love it. Before we get there guys just you know my ask if you want more great content episodes like this one as well as, you know, little kind of one-off pieces of content that I think are incredible that I find throughout the throughout the industry uh Sign up. You got to get the emails. The emails are where it's at. And then once we start speaking again, once we start getting in person, I'll share you know different events that I'm going to be at. I got a whole whole list of events that I'm going to be doing once we can actually see each other in person again. And you only get that stuff if you're on the email list. So go to RyanHanley.com. You'll see right up on top. You'll see a box. You just pop your email in. Hit subscribe. You're good to go. And then you get all the cool stuff. Um, I also want to give a big shout out to advisor evolved i get a lot of questions about my website um i think i have a very cool website i think i have a very dynamic website i'm constantly improving my website my website guru is chris Langel. he's been my boy for almost a decade i've watched this dude move from hawking home and autos and, and growing an agency to the most dynamic well done professional insurance websites insurance you know it's it's more than just a website it's a whole pack of tools i don't i don't know how to describe it properly Um, you get so much more you get quote vids which has which has absolutely made me money I send quote vids to every account now especially now with COVID like quote vids are just an absolute blessing and people just the whole way they set up you get notified when people watch them you get notified when people kind of take that next step and notify you that they're accepting the proposal it allows you to really scale your operation especially if you like to quote at night which is what I do so you know you're trying to do all the daytime stuff during the day, and then at night, you're kind of working your raters and getting quotes, and then I just pound out a couple quote vids, send those off at night, and then the next day, I see when people accept them. That's all part of the Advisor evolved experience. Chris is always on the cutting edge of tech. His websites are beautiful, they're fast, and the dude just knows what he's doing. So next time you're thinking about a website, next time someone asks you, who should you use? Use the gold standard at insurance websites. It, it's advisory evolved. It's Chris Langell. Can't give the dude props enough. He's helped me so many times. And uh, it's just such a pleasure that he's involved with this show. So with that, let's get on to Eric Garcia.
1: That, that's how nuanced carriers are down here. If I'm in this zip code, this company. If I'm in that zip code, this company first. If I'm in this zip code and the house is over 50 years old, this company. That's that's my world. So yeah. This is this is an ongoing conversation with Jason that he's been like, dude, you need to you need to narrow it down to three companies. Okay, cool. So I narrow it down to three companies. Hurricane hits, and then all of a sudden they stop writing. That then where do I go? Yeah. Which happens down here? Okay, so all of a sudden, this company that's been gobbling up market share hits capacity and then raises their rates by 30% because they don't want any more business. Then where do I go? Uh, I had a conversation with a, a rep today, uh, one of our, one of our carrier reps. Um, uh, you know, we, we, just, we, we kind of got into some, some, uh, um, you know, we're doing really good with them this year, year to date. We were, we're kind of in, in, in the, the bonus land with them, which will be nice. Um, and we talked about carriers like, man, I'd love to have one company. It'd be great. It'd be great if I could write all my business to you. Can you guarantee me that you're not going to raise rates by more than 10% in any given year? Can you guarantee me that you're not going to stop writing when a hurricane hits? If you can, then are you, can you guarantee me that you're going to write a 100-year-old house? Or how about this one? I write your personal house, but then you own a, a rental property that's 75 years old in a part of town um, where property values are a little bit lower. Maybe the houses are not as nice. It's got some issues with it. It might have a, a, a window unit. Then where do I go? Like I need, I need 10 companies. I'm i can't worried. go to four you know i lived in utah I don't, I don't know what utah's market is or i don't know maybe well see this is
0: some of the some of this bor stuff you know so i was talking to um um wow oh, there's well there's a lot of agents that talk especially on commercial lines about bor's right bor's uh cast michael salas on charles speck Cruthers talks what's about a,
1: bor's what's a bor Broker of record? Broker record, broke of record
0: right? Okay, so okay, commercial right. line side, you know, a lot, of, a lot of, everyone talks about BORs, BORs. <clears throat> and, and, that, and I'm not knocking that talk at all. But when you look at Texas, there's like five carriers that, re, that write a lot of stuff, right? Like Liberty writes a ton down there. Hartford writes a ton down there. There's, there's not, you come up to New York, just domestics, just single state mutuals. There's like 30, Regional mutuals throw another like 50 carriers on there. Now you want to talk about the nationals and the super regionals. There's like 500 carriers in New York. So I, you know, I ran up against account the other day. It's a great account. I know the guy, I got a great relationship with him. He owns this furniture store. He's got like six locations. It's a great, nice little, it's like 50,000 in premium. And I'm, I'm staring at, I'm staring at Chubb, Hanover, Cincinnati, Liberty, Hartford for, for in my pocket, right? So I'm like, I got this guy. Great relationship. I'm gonna do a good job for him. Yeah. I know that he's working with an agent that his mother used when, when he bought the business from her 10 years ago, who is a small agent. He has her with a company I've never even heard of before. And I've been doing business in New York for 15 years. I never even heard of this mutual before. Mm-hmm. Half the rate of every other carrier that I have, half. Because yeah. I'm sure they banged into this thing and they went, "Bah, it's got good loss runs, whatever. We don't, we're not trying to be some mega national. We don't care if, You know, what our margin is on it. We're making money, boom. So there's just nothing you can do. And what am I going to do? I'm going to go get a wholesale relationship with someone to BOR, uh, this tiny little mutual that I'll never write another piece of business with. Like that's, um, it's really it's tough. tough. It's really it
1: tough. Is. Yeah. Uh, we had a, a case, this was years and years and years ago. Um, we got this call out of the blue from a, a company in the, um, bus business They were doing hop on hop off services and they found us because we spoke Spanish and they were a, a Spanish company and the owner flew to New Orleans. It's, this was a, this was a, you know, we introduced them to the Hispanic, Hispanic chamber. I mean, we introduced them to other vendors. Um, their person on the ground. We became good friends with them. So this was a, a, a big, you know, they, they were here doing groundwork for six months. Great relationship. We send, um, we send it out to get a price. Great. What well, we thought was a good price. They got a same carrier, same broker, which was a little frustrating. 20,000 less. And, and there's sometimes where, where it's, 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 it's a relationship business to some degree um on the client side but on the on the carrier side it's a relationship business as well and that's the yeah. frustrating thing if you're trying to break into particular markets and you don't have contracts down here um it's not a, it's not always an easy thing to do i can't just pick up the phone and call and get a contract
0: yeah now
1: it's a little bit easier because we you know we've been around for a little while we got some some um we got a track record but like as a new producer and when i went independent. I was committed to not going through an aggregator. I was committed to not going through um, some of the what I call captive independence. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to own our own contracts. I didn't want to give up anything to anybody. And it took a little while, um, but um, but it's tough, man.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting. That part of the game is um, that part of the game is very interesting. I I have hemmed and hawed because. Because I do this podcast and because, you know, the different, the exposure that I've had to the industry in general, I get calls from marketing reps all the time. Hey, we'd love to be in your, they don't know that I don't write that much personal lines or they don't know that I don't write, you know, trucking or whatever, but I get the phone calls and there's that part of you that's like, oh, another market, cool, more opportunity. And there's this other side of me that's like every new piece of technology, every tool, every market, every Coverage that I want to lead with, you know, I think you know this is one of the big things I've been thinking about lately is just that's brain cycles away from what you do best, and I think you know, especially for young agencies or agencies that are looking to grow, that really feels like the key to me is keep your focus as narrow as you possibly can, even if you're letting business pass you by. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just for get the rec date, tell them thanks for reaching out, and then. Put them in your database and move on because you know I, I, uh, I you know I, I don't I'm probably telling the same stories to the to the audience but like I quoted I up this um, moving company uh, startup moving company but the guy was super legit had been in business for a long time was breaking out on his own he had trucks you know whatever it was like a nice you know I shouldn't say nice but like again solid account the guy was legit
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know moving company in New York is 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 ENS go to RT specialty, boom, get a quote, everything's good. And I just said to my, I started looking at what it's going to take to write it, premium finance it, put it into my agency management system, track it, the time it takes if he ever needs a certificate, which he's going to need for every single building that he goes into. I was like, wow, I'm probably an idiot for writing this account. Like this is not going to be profitable for years and years and years in my current setup. You know, Mm -hmm. me five years from now, I got someone to help you know, there's some process, completely different story, completely different story. But I think, um, you know, in growth mode, it's, you know, that, that narrow focus is the key.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I do um, I can't speak to that. We've never really had a, a particular niche down here on, on the insurance side. Um, in fact, pre Katrina, New Orleans. So this was in I came into the business in two thousand and one. I was captive, and then in two thousand and uh, I went independent. I left the insurance business completely in two thousand and eight and went on the financial side and then launched the independent agency in two thousand and ten because the the captive carrier that I was with, my dad was with, and he was losing clients left and right just because they, they weren't writing anymore so we, we we launched the independent side, but I remember probably back. in there. I still have these, I still, I go through all the old emails. It's fun with the old documents. I'll go through marketing plans from like 10, 15 years ago. And it's really cool to see the, the, the evolution yeah. of the thinking in the business. And, uh, there was the state plan, Louisiana Fair plan that basically, you know, you'd write stuff that the, the captive didn't want. And it was complicated. It was a different system like one different system, right? It was another system. Oh my gosh. We have two systems now and really, really didn't want to fool with it. And I almost made the decision cause my dad and I were operating as one agency. I almost made the decision like we're going to not write with them anymore. We're only going to focus on if we're not going to try line a client, do auto home and life insurance. We don't want it. Um, Katrina hit. Let me tell you, I'm glad that I did not. I'm glad that we didn't go through with that plan. Uh, Katrina disrupted it because after Katrina, I mean, so much business went to the fair plan. That's all, that's all we had, really. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we kind of wrote, you know, personal lines is kind of our our thing. So we just started writing personal lines. And premiums are so high down here. It's probably a lot different than, you know, if you're writing a home for 700 bucks or 800 bucks. I mean, our average home policy is probably like somewhere in the neighborhood of 2,500 maybe. Oh, wow. Our auto insurance is, our average auto policy is probably Fifteen hundred every six months, or, or if not more. Um,
0: yeah, so, it's a diff- so that's different yeah. than up here. Two two cars and a home here is twenty two to twenty five hundred bucks total.
1: Yeah, dude, we can do. I can do. We, we can do auto and home and a life policy and a flood policy and easily be at ten thousand for personal lines. Yeah, crazy. That is crazy. It's it, it's 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 a crazy market. So, um you know for us renewal is a big thing like retention is a big thing so what happened happened last year in may like our one of our key key employees left um and she was our csr so i decided to play csr for three months so this is going to go back to the original thing that we're talking about about um you know how do you kind of how do you build it what's the best way to to build it and this idea of it being very personal i decided i decided to play csr for probably about three months, I sat in that, that front desk, answered phone calls, did all the downloads because I wanted to understand um, how, how the companies communicated to us, how, how data got into our agency management system, why certain things were happening the way they were. And was probably the most involved I've ever gotten in the agency. Um, and from that day on, we have pretty much rewritten all of our processes. Hmm. Uh, that and working with, with Billy Williams, he kind of, kind of drove that, uh, um, the importance of processes home. But I think, I think that you, you can't, as an agency owner, I think it's very difficult for you to import someone else's processes into your agency. Mm -hmm. I think that you have to go, this, this is, I know people who do it differently, right? Like the franchise model is, is this, this is like anti-franchise model, but if you're building something from scratch, I think you kind of have to, to, to work through your processes. If you take someone else's process, you're going to have to make it your own because it is personal. It's the way you do business. It's what's, what systems do you use? Um, you know, we're talking about um, uh, agency zoom versus, versus better agency, right? It's all going to come down to what agency management system do you use? What phone system do you use? That's going to dictate some of the technology you use. And then the technology you use might dictate Certain parts of your process, so it's impossible to to import someone else's process into your agency and expect it to work. Yeah, you might have a you might have a staff person who's who's more tech savvy than someone else who's, who brings a different skill to to the to the game uh, to the business. So you want to build up the process maybe slightly different. Now, elements there's key components, right? There, there's like milestones or elements of processes that that should all be the same. But how you execute it, the mechanics of it. Yeah. That's- it's why the it, it's
0: why the good consultants in our industry get paid what they do because i I wholeheartedly agree with you, and you know you just look at the difference the the experience that people have carrier to carrier per state you know there are people like I had someone the other day i was talking to, i think it was a a podcast I did with seth uh, Zaremba I was talking about um If I could become a captive agent with Cincinnati, I would. And the reason I said that was the way they quote, the way they handle changes, their customer care center fits exactly the way that I want to work. I hate, hate with a passion going into carrier systems to quote commercial lines. I hate it because Liberty's looks nothing like Hanover's looks nothing like Chubbs, looks nothing, you know, and you're like, oh my God. And then tools like Tarmica, you know, which I'm a huge fan of are fixing that, but you know, they're, you know, they're, they're still building carriers and there, there are classes that carriers just don't want, you know, like Liberty will write excavators in New York state, but they won't quote excavators on Tarmica. So I had an excavator come in, uh, account and I knew Liberty, write wrote them, but I wanted to see if anyone else did, everything cancels out because they don't want to compare to rate it. So then you're going into their So, so I guess my point in saying that is someone reaches out to me and they go, what am I missing with Cincinnati? We have Cincinnati and we're struggling with them. We can't get anything done with them. And it's like just that simple fact makes it incredibly difficult to take, like, say if I were to take that agent who reached out to me, his processes down in Virginia Mm -hmm. or Ohio, wherever he was located versus mine in New York, there's no way to overlap those two because simply just how you deal with the carrier is different state to state and the reps and the underwriters and you know it,
1: it's just um it's and very- I think this thing when you're building a business okay or you're trying to build out a process or or forget the process for a second the first question you have to ask is what's the pain point the way i'm approaching this right now is what's my pain point yeah so like our pain point for the past few months has been phones. It's been miserable. Like our phones just ring off the hook, and like our producers are constantly answering phones, and it's it's they're getting pulled into things that they shouldn't get pulled into. Um, so I was like, okay, that's our pain point. We got to figure this out. So we had someone who was answering the phones. This was actually started started last year. We had someone who was answering the phones during the busy times from three to five. We had a kind of a remote person, and then um, uh, you know quarantine hit, and um, we have we have three virtual assistants with us right now, and. At the time we'll, we had two and they couldn't make it to their service center because of of transportation um, so a group of the the VAs that worked for that company were quarantined in the service center so they assigned us a different VA um, they had all of our processes and she jumped in and like we didn't miss a beat it was amazing because we had all these processes right now because we worked through them um, quarantine was coming can you hear me? Yep. Yep. Okay. I've changed, I'm i changing um, microphones. Is there going to be too much feedback? Can you hear yourself to the microphone? You're all right.
0: You're okay. all right.
1: I got to figure this out. I, like, I don't know. Driving
0: Wait, let me say that one more time. Yeah, we're good. Yep, I'm not getting any feedback. Okay. So uh, I lost you at um, the the new VA, uh, your yeah. processes, and, and you didn't skip a beat. You didn't skip a beat
1: we didn't skip a beat. And then when quarantine was done, we had to make a decision because our other, our normal two VAs were coming back. Well, we really, we really liked this girl. Um, turns out she worked at a, at a call center before. So we took her to voice. She's been answering phones for us for three weeks. And let me tell you, it's been like night and day. It's been huge. It's been huge. Something simple as that. What's the pain point. Let's solve the pain point. Yeah. Um, so right now our current pain point, the current process that we're trying to nail down, is our new business process. So like once a, once a producer sells it, I really don't want them having a fool with with the follow up, unless unless they have to get involved. So we built out a pretty extensive auditing process. Um, you know you know how limited our agency management system is. So we, we have to do a lot of workarounds. Um, so we have we've, we've created this this pretty cool auditing process. So whenever something is sold, it automatically populates into uh, and this is we're integrating it with Better Agency, QQ, um, and a Google Sheet, and we have all all the all the things that are necessary to complete the audit. One of our VAs picks it up once it's sold. So we're we're testing that. It's about a weekend and it seems to be working. Um, but yeah, building processes it's hard work, man. Like, but this is the thing kind of, again, to go back to where we started is you have to get in there and, and do the work. If you import someone else's processes into your agency, you're, you're still going to have problems.
0: Yeah. I think you can, you can, you know, use someone like, um, obviously I think the world of, of Billy Williams, and I think he's one of the best resource in our entire industry. You can take the high level of what he's telling you to do, but then you still have to imprint that on your own agency and, and on your own process. And, um, that is one of the, I think that's one of the lessons, you know, if I was, if I was thinking back to like back when I started the agency, my, my, one of the fundamental reasons why or one of the fundamental advantages that I thought I had coming into starting the agency was that I had had 10,000 conversations with agency owners like yourself, right? I've, I'd heard all the, all the, all the wins, all the losses, all the gripes, all the frustrations, all the, you know, how, all the solutions to the problems. I've heard them all. I've heard them all. I've, I, you know, there's nothing that anyone could say that I'd be like, oh, I've never heard that that's an issue before. But, um, what I found incredibly interesting is that that being the case that I have this Rolodex of problems and solutions, obstacles and advantages, mm-hmm. I've run into them all myself because just like you've said, these are all individual. um, I I used to give agents a hard time because everyone acts like their agency is a, a unique, this unique snowflake and we all don't understand. Right. And what I found is I think everyone understands each other's problems, but agency owners are right and correct that every agency is a unique snowflake. Because of personalities, locations, you know the th- You have to deal with hurricanes. You know what's mm-hmm. something that I never have to deal with ever? Hurricanes, ever? Because I don't. You know, right you know it doesn't. You know it doesn't happen
1: down here. Snow.
0: Exactly, hundred percent. Right. So it's like there's all these. You know there, there's there's simple things like you know. Uh, well, yeah. That it's just a hundred percent. And then carrier differences and regulatory differences and there are certain policies up here like New York state short-term disability. You don't even have, you don't have a commercial line short-term disability policy that is mandated by the state per employee. Don't have that. That's a New York thing. And there's all these nuances, location, carrier mix, personalities, markets. And I think to that point, And I think to the point that we're trying to make here, and then I kind of want to move on from this topic and talk to you about some of the stuff that I brought you on the show to talk about, not this, is that um, if we mimic mimic other people's processes too much, we're ultimately just going to run into the same problems again. That the high-level stuff, the high-level ideas, yes. The core processes we have to figure out for ourselves. I just, that's, I think, the truth. So one of my best friends
1: is a is a couples counselor. And um, I remember he said once, he goes, he goes, he goes, oftentimes the, the process of counseling is as important, if not more important, than the actual counsel itself. So like I, I took that, I'm like, oh, it's it's interesting. In my business on the financial side on the planning side, I've I've come to learn that, hey, the plan is important, but the process of walking someone through the planning process is as important to teach them how to make decisions, how to change behaviors, to think about the planning process, okay? Oftentimes we make too much of a big deal about the plan, but it's the process that's important. And I would say the same thing for, for owners trying to build out their processes in their, in their business is we focus too much on the process and not on the process of building the process. Like the process becomes the goal and it's not. Yeah. There's a a Bruce Lee quote. I absolutely love it. I'm going to summarize it. He goes, before you learn the art of martial arts, a punch is a punch and a kick is a kick. As you're learning it, a punch is no longer a punch and a kick is no longer a kick. But once you learn it, a punch is just a punch and a kick is just a kick. And the idea is that as you're learning something, it becomes more complicated. It's simple when you don't understand it. Then you're starting to learn it. It gets really complicated. But then once you learn it, you're able to simplify it. Um, and I think that process of learning it, of it getting complicated, breaking it down is, is important for agency owners. If you're building a process or financial, if you're building a financial plan or if you're in counseling, whatever it is, Yeah. sometimes you have to get complicated to simplify it.
0: Yeah. I think that's a tremendous advice. I do. I think that is, I think that's absolutely tremendous advice. And as ethereal as it might seem, I think taking that time and budgeting time to think about these things is is very important because as I've started, you know, I, I, I put kind of a moratorium on prospecting for myself for the next two weeks. And the reason I did that was, um, because signing right now, not that I'm not going to write a piece of business if it comes in the door, but like right now I, and I, and I think I said this before we started recording, but every new policy, every new account that I write today actually sets me back two steps because of all that 'Cause my I have no process and, and workflow for actually putting actually doing the thing that we do, right? Like processing, issuing, yeah. reporting, capturing. How like right now I have no idea how much how much commission I've actually made as an agent. I have an idea, but I don't actually know no, right? Because I haven't taken the time to take all the report, yeah. I t- all, the commission sp- all the commission splits for all the different products for right. every carrier that I have and then run the actual reports on what's happening. So, you know, I can go like 14% of how much premium I've written, but, you know, who the hell knows what that means? But is it all
1: commissionable premium? What percentage of that premium is not commissionable, right? Y- yeah, you gotta exactly. you got to back your fees and your taxes. Yeah. So, you, you know, you met Giovanni, right? My business owner. Yeah. My business partner. So, Gio's a, Gio's a workhorse um, and he has been, the past, our commercial producer, Left a couple months ago and it was amicable. Um, so, Geo took over all commercial business and he is just like exploded. He is writing business left and right. And it's funny, I, I notice when, um, when he's doing more service work because his production just stops. So, he, he texts me or he slacks me yesterday that he, he just um, he's BORing a pretty big um, comp case and we're going to get the liability, maybe $50,000, $60,000 case. Um, and he goes, he goes, man, you know, I could focus more on production if I don't have to deal with this other stuff. I can do more of this, um, and it's, it's just—it's funny that you know you're, you're you're not prospecting for that very reason. So this morning I'm like, man, Geo is just—I mean, I think he wrote like single-handedly in like in a month or two, maybe 150,000 on his own. Um, and i am just—I'm sitting here thinking like, man, he's like writing all this business, dude. He's driving revenue. And like, what am I doing? Like, I don't write PNC. I can't even spell commercial. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, dude, I'm building a platform to let him to do this. You know, we're, we're, we're putting the processes in place. You know, typically the, 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 way it works is I get an idea. I'll float it by him to see if he thinks it'll work. He thinks it'll work. I'll try to build it out and then I'll have my assistant kind of start working it through the system and then we'll teach it to one of our VAs and then we'll kind of roll it out to everybody. I'm like, dude, I'm not selling it. I didn't or anything, but the fact that, you know, we have a voice virtual assistant now that we literally, I think we broke out 27 possible phone call requests. So we sat down and said, what what do people call us for? And we literally, um, on a spreadsheet, the 27 possible, 23 or 27, I don't know what number it was, but add a car, cancel something, an endorsement, need a COI, and then explicit instruction on what she needed to do. If she got those, who to send it to, and and then what are the things that we can teach her to do as she's more comfortable? And um, yeah. So operating the agency is as important as, as producing. Yeah. I, those, people I, who, those people who are pure producers who produce a lot of business really fast, they're going to have a lot of problems a year and two years and three years and all that business starts renewing.
0: Yeah, I I agree. So the reason that, you know, here we are 40 minutes into the show and, and I haven't even asked you about what I, the, like the initial reason that I reached out to you. Well, one, I just wanted to talk in general cause this is like, free time to talk to people I'm interested in and consulting and all that kind of stuff, you know, but, um, the other side is I, I I've seen you really take on the content side of marketing podcasts, video shows, like you've, you've got some solid branding coming. And you know, I just, I was really in one, it's really well done. I like the time and, and you can tell that you've put thought into the topics You can tell you've put thought into the, to the copy and to the messaging. And I'm just, I was just super intrigued by like, why now? Why, why have you taken on content? Like, what have you seen? Like, I just, I feel I was having a conversation with a guy who's a old buddy of mine from my content marketing days. And, um, this is a few episodes ago. And I just said, it feels like in general content Um, good content with a purpose, we've kind of stopped talking about that. It's all lead gen or technology and, and to see you, uh, you know, take this on and and go after it. um, I've just, I've been impressed seeing it. So I just wanted to learn more about what your thoughts were, how it's working, you know, all that kind of stuff.
1: So remember remember when I said, I don't do anything fast. I don't jump in. Yeah. Um, A good friend of mine once told me, he goes, dude, anything you do you're successful at. I'm like, what are you talking about? he was like, yeah, whenever you like, you have two businesses and they're successful. And I'm like, yeah, but I like, I don't do just anything. And before I do something, I'm, I'm pretty much, I'm gonna say i methodical. I don't know if I'm methodical, but i like, I, I, I think a lot. Um, I'm like, my mind never stops thinking. So years and years and years ago, um, I'm going to go back to a luncheon that I went to when I heard Tony, Shee speak. Tony, she's the owner of Zappos. Yep. CEO of Zappos and his his kind of his culture that he was creating at Zappos just kind of like turned everything around for me, I'm like, oh, that's really interesting. And right around that same time, I got introduced to Simon Sinek. Right around that same time I met um, I met Jason at a, at a conference. he was he was speaking at one of our local um, um, annual meetings. Um, and I was really intrigued what he was doing on Facebook. I never really did any Facebook marketing. I was really intrigued. and we struck up a friendship. And I remember he said, "Oh, dude, you should um you should check out this guy um, Hanley. He's doing a video. But seriously, this is, this is how it started. He's like he's doing a video a day. With your hundred videos. Yeah. I kind of followed it, and I'm like, I really like that idea. And then um I never really did anything with it, and um, I was working with 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 uh, Grow at the time, right? With, with yep. the Grow team, and they were doing some blogging for me. And they actually created a podcast intro track. This was probably like four years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was called the Lang Yap Show. So down in New Orleans, we say Lang Yap. It's French for like something, a little something extra. Yep. Right. It's usually free. So it's like plan wisely, the Lang Yap Show. It's something extra. Never did anything with it. Um, I started doing a lot of collaboration with this couples counselor that I mentioned. You know, he, he started sending some clients to me. We talked a lot about the, the intersection of money and relationships how money issues can, can uh, be fuel in the fire of relationship issues. So he, he, we started doing some collaborating we did some speaking together at some conferences and I remember having a conversation with Joey Gingola at, um, at one of the mastermind, um, brain shares. And I had this idea of doing this podcast with the couples counselor to talk about money and marriage and that kind of thing. He's like, dude, you should do it. Um and there was compliance issues, and like I don't want to deal with the compliance issues. And so um started doing some videos here and there, got a nice camera, um, started having fun with it, but never did anything consistent with it. And then um last year on the on the investment side, on the financial side, I had some some um some extra money that had to go towards marketing stuff. And a buddy of mine called me up and he's like, Hey, there's this, there's this company. They work with financial advisors in the digital space. They're running this deal on podcasting. You should do, do it. it. Um, so like I had like literally 12 hours to make the decision. I'm like, Hey, it's not my money. I've been wanting a podcast. So, um, I hired them. I said, if anything, you know, I got to pay for six months. If anything, I'll get six podcasts out of it. It's cool. We started podcasting and we started the plan wisely show, um, we were doing about an episode a, a month out about 10 or 11 episodes out there. It turned into more of an interview show. People that I found interesting in, in trying to find the intersection of money and something else. I didn't want to be another. And the reason it took me so long to, to do podcasting, I didn't want to be more noise, man. There, there's enough noise out there. There's so much financial noise and, and I don't want to add to it. Um, so I said, I want to bring in other people and hear their perspective. So we interviewed our, our, the owner of my gym We talked about the, you know, Money and fitness, and how close they are in terms of goal setting and CPA, couples counselor. We did a couple of shows with him, a child therapist teaching your kids about money. Uh, one of my latest interviews is with uh, uh, Sarah fallout. Her her dad wrote the Millionaire Next Door. Oh wow! And she wrote the follow up, the Next Millionaire Next Door. It's a pretty good show. And um, that was all fun, but I still had this idea of the the content with the couples counselor. Like, dude, we, we got to launch this. So we. um, we finally launched it. We're, think we're about four or five shows and They haven't all they haven't all dropped yet. Um, yeah, and it's just it's 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 fun. It's a unique space. It's a space where there's I don't think there's a lot of noise there right Yeah, now. I didn't want to be another another voice, another you know we're just cacophony of noise in the financial space. or so much of that already. But it's just it's it's fun. It's fun. It, it, have,
0: have you seen any impact? Have you seen people reaching out? Have you had any? Um have you had people sniffing around, asking questions, stuff like that?
1: Like prospects?
0: A- anything. You know, I mean, I, I uh, so I do a local business podcast called the Capital Region Business Podcast, yeah. and some of it's just people reaching out, wanting to be on the show, but they're new contacts to me. They're people I didn't yeah. know before. So, um, so here's what it's, here's what it's doing,
1: especially the new show. Um, it's only been live for about two, 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 three weeks now and that show already in two or three weeks has about 25%, about 25% of the downloads that my other show that's been running 10 months has already in two weeks. So I think this is going to be, I think this show's going to be yeah. good. What, what it's done what the podcasting has done. It's made more people aware of the fact that I do financial planning more than investing. So we, we have had a small increase in financial planning clients. Yeah. Um, and really my, my purpose is we're in the, I'm building out a, a um, like a, a budgeting course, if you will yep. to roll out to clients and also to kind of like as a standalone offering. So a big part of the podcasting for me is hey, I want to build a list, to be able to do some of these other projects that are not necessarily directed to investment management. They're not necessarily directed to direct financial uh, planning but there are other pieces in the space that are important that people will do without necessarily engaging me directly. Yeah. Uh, but it's fun too. It's fun. Uh, so I, I have seen an increase in uh, website traffic, just an increase in those types of things. Can I directly tie it to X amount of revenue? I can't. Everything I'm, everything I've learned about podcasting, it takes a while. Yeah. It happens. Content fun. In
0: general, man. I mean, it's a, it's a serendipity play. That's always been the hardest thing about it. And, you know, I've been talking about content marketing in general for a decade,
1: right? I mean... Can we talk about that artwork of your book from the content Warfare. (laughs) Never quite understood that.
0: That, we can. Yeah, we can. we We don't have to. No, I, uh, no, we can. I, um, so, so the guy that did it, um, the guy that did it, I love his artwork. His name's Mars Dorian, he's a German guy. And he just has this very odd, very um, I, I don't know how you describe his style. I'm not an art guy. So I,
1: well, it it's cool. It's, it's cool. odd.
0: What yeah. I will tell you is my vision for what I see his work and what actually came out in terms of what the it didn't Translate the way I want. Dude, you know, I'm say,
1: I'm dogging, I'm dogging your book on your podcast. That's messed. That's up. okay. I'm hey. I'm, the book is good.
0: I'm uh, I'm I will say that. So two, there's two things there. That book is about eighty percent where I think it could have been. Um, I lost focus because five months before that book published, I joined TrustedChoice.com. And I started flying to Minneapolis three times a month. I had work to do there. And the deal was, you know, they did not want me promoting it because it wasn't in the ecosystem. So, and and my point is-
1: Because you were captive, man. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yes. You know, one of the lessons that I've learned in life is you can't work for anyone else, unless you're into that, which I- I have learned many times now that my personality does not mix well with authority. So, uh, long story short, I there were there were concessions that I made in producing that book that if I were if I had given it my full attention, I I would not. And eventually, with the cover in particular, because the book itself, the words in the book, I feel are. 95 99 you know you can always find a few things but like they're there the stories the lessons everything about it the cover though it's one of the worst covers in a business book all time maybe I mean maybe you know
1: what here's the thing though here's the thing for the longest time I produced a lot of content that I have never published I've never put out there it's pointless yeah other, other than maybe you're kind of like refining your art or, or I don't know, taking yeah. ideas out, but you, you put it out there. And I think it's a big thing with content is, um, some of it's going to suck. Yes. Right. I have some zero qualms work. with hitting
0: publish. I have no, I'm, I'm unconscious when it comes to hitting publish. I do. I mean, obviously I have, a, my yeah. skills have increased, but they've only increased because, I produce stuff. I mean, there are posts that I've written. If you went back and look at the archive, I mean, you'd look at it and go, what the hell is that? doesn't even make sense. The grammar's terrible punctuation, the, you know, the whole structure of the article. And I think the point is like, you know, I learned so many lessons producing that book in particular. Cause that was a, that was a big endeavor. I mean, I had to, I crowdfunded it once the crowdfunding was done you know, then I had to produce it, I had to publish it, I had to edit it, I had to hire all these people because I didn't have a, you know, no, this wasn't like a, New York, you know, it wasn't like a Simon and Schuster weren't weren't pushing yeah, this one out right. the door, you know, I mean, this was Hanley Media Publishing at its finest, and uh, I could have used someone that told me that's not a good cover. Yeah. And, and, it, and, and it ultimately came down to, he gave me seven different variations, and I could not get... My vision of what I had for the cover to him in a way that he could produce it, and I think that that's one of those things that I wish I had just given to someone else and said, "Here, make a good cover for this book and give it back to me," because I I was too involved in that process.
1: Yeah, so we we uh, I've got a neat book out there. Plan uh, it's um, whatever. I can never remember the name. Five Pillars of Financial Security: A Guide to Managing Your Money Wisely. Right. So it's and it's it's kind of one of those things. It's kind of like. This is the stake in the ground. This is my philosophy on money. This is what I believe. Yeah. If you work with me, if you want to know what I think about money, this is what I think about it. Um, and it's out there. It's on my website. I, I do a terrible job of promoting it. I'm a terrible promoter. Terrible promoter. Uh, but it's fun. It's fun creating the content.
0: It is. You know, I found, and then we'll, we'll be respectful of your time and we'll, we'll wrap this up, but um, I have at times found myself to be a terrible promoter as well. And then I realized that there's just one key to promotion. One key, just say it over and over, over yeah. and over. Because I think what happens is particularly to maybe someone who it doesn't come naturally to do that to, or, or like in my case, I'm always creating something new. And uh, a guy who's kind of a, a lot of the insurance industry has become accustomed to is uh, Marcus Sheridan um he's the one who really taught me because I used to create each presentation that I would do for like a big eye association or a carrier or whatever I would create something relatively new and he called me one day and, and he said what's going on we're talking and I told him and he's like what are you doing he's like you create one presentation And you just do that presentation over and over and over and over and over over again until he goes, you give the same presentation. He goes, I've given the same presentation three years in a row to the same group and they just keep hiring. He's like, because different people hear it. The second time you hear something, you learn more than the first time you hear something. He's like, and you just, he's like, you think everyone's heard your message. That's not even close. He's like, people have to hear your message. You know, what is it? Seven times before they even remember it.
1: That's the thing for me. It's like I, I feel like I feel like, man, I don't want to. I don't be so pushy. I'm a terrible. I'm a terrible salesperson. I'm a terrible sales. That's why I'm glad Geo's out selling, and I'm in here building processes and, and doing that kind. I'm a terrible salesperson. And to me, it's like I don't want to be too pushy and like keep putting the same thing in front of people. But you're right. You have to. People yeah. have attention spans that are this big, and um, um, you, you got to be in front of them. And I'm yeah. a terrible. You know, I'm inspired. I'm inspired. Right.
0: (laughs) That's the key, man. You just keep saying it over and over. I mean, it's this show. I say the same stuff over and over and over again. I've been pushing content for 10 years. You know what I mean? People are just starting to get on the bandwagon. I think that, you know, look at all the things Cass has said, look at all the things that, 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 that are said over and over and over. And it just takes. And then finally it's almost like, you know, the person's right. It's not that you don't believe them you just finally get sick of them saying, you're like, screw it. I'll just do this thing that I should have been doing two years ago. Just so you'll stop telling me. And, and they're sure. happy about it. Right. They're happy about it. I mean, how many people that do business with you, maybe you had to ask three, four five times or, you know, in, you know, talk to them a little bit. And finally they say yes. And then they'll be like, geez, I'm glad you stayed on me, you know, cause I knew I needed to do this, but I just, you yeah. know, other things get in the way. And it's almost, you know, I started particularly with sales telling myself like, I'm doing, if you believe in what you're doing, which obviously you do, and so many people who are listening to this show believe in what they're doing. If you believe in what you're doing, if you don't continue to reach out to them, you're doing them a disservice, right? You're doing it because, you know, they see a message from you. They're like, oh, I got to reach out to Eric. And then their kid texts them because it's time for them to come pick, you know, you got to go pick them up from school. And then they forget and they never reach out.
1: And like, then, the information that i have the information yeah. i have is going to change your life literally yep. if you listen to me i'm gonna change your life financially yep i mean there's no way around it yeah and it's fun and sometimes i say that and then sometimes it's like really like do you really like come on are you that like no seriously like like that's what we have to believe like what i have is so important that it's gonna and sometimes i feel like insurance is like man, yeah, I'm breaking up a 10-year relationship. You're with that company. I'm bringing you over here. Am I really putting you in a better spot? Maybe, maybe not. We'll, we'll serve you better. Like yeah. on the financial side, it's like, no, like you're not doing this. And if you do this now, what I'm telling you, like your life is going to be better. yeah. Like I am going to add that much value to your life. I remember I had a conversation with a neighbor just over, over a beer and budgeting came up and I said, hey, this is, this is what I do. This is how I budget money. This is kind of how this budgeting idea came up. And I said, this is this is what I do, this is how I manage my my money from a spending standpoint. I said, oh, that's cool. Six months later, he's like, dude, like life changing. Like, what are you talking about? Because my wife and I started doing that, and like the way we manage our money now, the way we, we budget with our bank accounts and this and that, like totally changed our 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 day to day finances. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, I'm like, dude, oh my gosh. Yeah. It's just, so now I'm in the process of okay, how do I codify this? How do I formalize this to make it more scalable to give it to more people? Yeah. Also, also more, I um, say not just scalable, but, um, but cost effective. Yeah.
0: You know, it's, you got to hit them from every angle social, digital, physical, ebooks, webinar. I mean, you hit them from every angle. And then because everyone reacts to stuff differently. You know what I mean? You catch me on the right day on Instagram. I don't care what you're selling me, I'm gonna click on that button. Another day, I never will. It all depends on my mood and how drunk I am, you know. I mean, that's what's important. So I think the impo- I think, you know, it's just hitting them over and over and over again in every channel that you can and um and being very clear. And I love, I mean, that passion that you just had, I was ready to buy something from you. You pitched me some you pitch me some mutual Omaha's. Something or whatever, I would have been. I would have bought. it. I would have put my credit card right in front of the screen like this. Here you go, man. Got some. I got some.
1: Uh, I got, some, um,
0: some uh, got some stocks for me over there.
1: What do you, what do you got? I'm buying. Got you yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is, I'm a big fan of uh of you know, money. Money is so digital, right? It's so like intangible. So like with kids, like I love the idea. Of, like telling people, like get a piggy bank, even if it's like immaterial the amount of money, at least they start to connect. Yeah, with stuff that's tangible. Yeah, and they can actually physically see it grow. Yeah, we do. Um, so we have month. we have this big bureau.
0: It's like a dining room bureau mm-hmm. thing with wine, and there's two drawers side by side. We have two kids. One drawer is for money for one kid, and one drawer. Is, so when they get, you know, a couple bucks from grandpa, or someone sends them some money in the mail for a birthday or something, they go. They open their drawer. Put the money in the drawer. Now, when they open the drawer, you know they got these little stacks of cash in there, and yeah. it's like a fun thing for them. You know what I mean? I mean, who knows what they're doing? Because they they're probably just going in and using it like toys. But uh, who cares? But, you know?
1: Yeah. Huh.
0: That's um, their money drawer. I, I,
1: bought, I put the down payment. Check this out on my wife's engagement ring with a bunch of like coins I've been collecting for like years and years and years. <laughs> I took it to the bank, dude. That's amazing. <laughs>
0: Yeah. what are you what are you buying with all this with all this with all these coins an engagement
1: Porter. ring I'm proposing so. yeah. <laughs> like,
0: you need to get a job sir before you starting
1: <laughs> Man, we live in a <laughs> like, love I don't need money <laughs> yeah. I got love true story like oh, 640 something dollars of like coins
0: yeah that is amazing uh, well dude hey I appreciate you I know we've been all over the place, but I, I just thought this was a great conversation and, um, and I, I just, you know, I'm glad that we had a chance to connect really and, and it was awesome to meet you in person down in um, San Diego this year and chat for a little bit and, um, you know, I just, I wish you nothing but the best, man. I love the work you're doing. I love the way you, the way you do it and I got to spend some time with your, uh, with your business partner at uh, Billy Williams' yeah. thing and yeah. so, dude, I think you have a great shop. I'm always, you know, when I see your stuff come through my feed, I'm very impressed with it. And I would encourage anybody who likes to kind of voyeur what, what agents are doing really well. Um, take a look at what, at what Eric's doing. Cause this, this stuff is good stuff, man. I I'm impressed.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I got to check out the new show building us. We're on Apple, Spotify. Awesome. It's your, whoever. We'll Google. have it
0: linked up in the show notes, oh, yeah. but just Google it. You'd be able to find it. Drive.
1: Yep. It's good, show. It's, it's good stuff. We have, um, The one, the show that just dropped last week is on, um, is is school out forever. It's, and I have a conversation with two family therapists about this idea of are kids going to be in class learning, are they going to be distance learning and the impact that has on family finances and family relationships. So it's a good conversation. Yeah. And then tomorrow dropping, well, this is not, this will be published by the time people watch this. Yeah. Listen to this. Um, but giving as a financial principle with an entire show on just the idea of giving, how that's a a solid financial principle. I love it. I love it. Cool, bro. Thank you, dude.
0: Be good. Thank you. Yeah, take care.